My guest this, this morning is, is the former by Radio. Minister for the following Finance. presentation was previously aired and under Asasi his Radio. tenure, Ghana did speak to the fund and indeed go uh, went on a uh, program with the IMF. My guest this morning is Mr. Seth Tekbe, and we'll be learning from him what to expect as a man who has one worked in a senior capacity with the IMF, has worked as a revenue officer, has also uh, worked as um, the coordinator that introduced the VAT, uh, more importantly as a deputy minister of finance and then a substantive finance minister who then subsequently um, uh, managed the process of engaging the fund in um, 2015. You're welcome to the Assassi Breakfast Show, Mr. Tekwa. Thank you very much, and uh, happy to be back. Yeah. Your listeners once again. It's good to have you back. And um, I know over the weekend you spoke to my colleague Wilberforce Cesari on the forum. Um, this morning, what I would like for us to bring to our audience, and uh, this is a, a rec a, an earlier recorded conversation, but... For the purposes of the Assassin Breakfast Show and our audience around the country and around the world, would like to learn what does this mean for our economy? What does this mean for the average Ghanaian when the fund is engaged? Well, thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> let me take also the opportunity, if you, you may, to just put some context okay. you know to the actually the program started in 2014 um program that we did <clears throat> and also to point out that uh, earlier as a deputy minister my then boss dr dufo you know did a program which followed the mpp's program under the um his excellency president kufos you know uh, administration so uh, we do have this track record and uh, let me clarify a couple of things first of all there seems to be an impression or a narrative going around that uh, somehow the um, crisis that um, Ghana faced going into the 2014, or if you like earlier, from 2009, programs with the fund are somewhat domestic. Mm. And um, though there was some concession that, you know, it came on the onset of the global financial crisis. So that, has, that itself first tells us that there was an external element to it because if it started in 2007, 2008 and it lasted a decade, then it covered most of the Mills Mahama the effect. And let me point out that those crises were severe because it led stores on the continent, South Africa, Nigeria, <clears throat> Angola, you know, and others went into recession. Ghana did not go into recession. We did 3.6% or the new business 2.8% of GDP, which you recall, you know, was very much berated compared to. Now, second, it's also curious, you know, to attribute um, uh, <clears throat> something like Dumso, uh, which is what we called it, mm -hmm. you know, as domestic. Recall that Dumso, the genesis of Dumso, you know, among others, but the key one was the breach of the pipeline, West Africa gas pipeline, which led to the um, disruption in gas supply from Nigeria. Um, so one wonders whether an event that took place in Nigeria, how that could be termed as domestic, 
right? Yes, it is West Africa, but it's a center. And this is something that affected Nigeria itself and the countries, you know, that shared in that. And so one can say that the, <clears throat> the genesis of that itself was a center. We also had the Ebola, you know, SARS. We started harness preparations. You know, we even had the West Africa Center established, you know, here. Uh, well, as it were, we, we did not suffer the full impacts, you know, even though globally, you know, uh, within the sub-region, there was some disruption, you know, uh, preparations ahead of that. But finally, let me also point to the fact that in 2014, 2015, 2016, right, there was a fall in crude oil prices. That could not have also been generated by Ghana. Remember, we did a budget with $99. In fact, I remember <clears throat> interviewing yes. you on that particular matter. Precisely. Where yes. uh, just ahead of the mid-year review, you were reworking with a number of, I think, was, was it 55? No, in fact, yes. We had revised the budgets downwards from 99 to, yeah, remember, it's, it's, it's right, 55, 56. Assuming that we would end up with 55, 56. That's right. And we ended up with less than, immediately, it went below $30, mm -hmm. hovered around 35, 40, and never recovered until 2017. And this was a result of, you know, um, crisis in West Saudi Arabia and others. It was contest of that that we also did a 2015. And America's fracking as a fracking and other, you know, well. started, yes. So you, you, you can imagine the contest. So I think. The important thing, you know, which I want to draw attention by making this is that crises are inevitable and we shouldn't belittle, belittle any crisis. I didn't mention commodity, falling commodity prices, which is something, falling gold prices, cocoa prices, then it booms, you know, it goes to what you call a boom and a bust. And so the important lesson for us was measures like the stabilization fund and sinking fund to manage our debt and to manage create buffers for managing the budget. And we can return, you know, to this if we really want to win ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, of the IMF. But I think it, it doesn't serve the nation if we try to belittle somebody's crisis. The important is to prepare for crisis, whether they are big crises or small crises. Because before the COVID, the global financial crisis was the heaviest after, you know, the depression. And that goes all the way back to, you know, um, <clears throat> I believe... Um, what is it 19 during the second world war yeah mm -hmm. um what do we expect <clears throat> um when you engage the the imf it's an engagement um the we often get the impression that somewhat there's going to be some conditionalities that the imf would come and we sign up to it well if the imf is coming with conditionalities um, even assuming that they come with conditionalities. Um, that assumes that there's a certain knowledge by the IMF, you know, about the country situation. And so let me put that context, you know, quickly. Uh, Franklin, um, the relationship with the fund is such that Ghana has a whole country team with the IMF that engages on a regular basis, including the foremost, the Article 4. And I would like to use the Article uh, four for 2021. I used to talk about 2019, mm -hmm. but there is a 2021 Article 4, okay. which can give Ghanaians a context, you know, a quote from it to let us know, you know, of course, it's been one year since it's been done. It's exactly one year. Mm -hmm. It was issued in July 2021. At the time, we were doing the mid-year review for 2021. And that would give us 
a certain flavor of where the fund is likely to be coming from based on engagements that they had with our authorities. They call it authorities, mm -hmm. you know, the government of Ghana. And so uh, besides that, they also do regular visits. And then we're supposed to be submitting returns, you know, of our fiscal situation, our monetary situation, real sector like energy, you know, and the rest. Uh, so this, I like to put this in the context that, you know, when the fund comes, like the World Bank, like African Development Bank, the, all the multilaterals, they have offices in Accra, you know, which gather information, all our discussions, the debates and whatever, and they send reports, right, to, to this country. So we shouldn't think that, you know, fund is coming, you know, um, to just impose something. There's a, always a context. And in the, in the statement that you read, the extracts from there, you would notice that the historically the president said there was a program, if I'm not mistaken. That has been designed, has been designed by the government of Ghana. I would hope that Ghanaians will be given the opportunity, just as we did. Remember, our program of design going into the 2014, which you spoke about, was a homegrown policy, which came up with initiatives like the sinking fund and then coming out of the stabilization fund we did, sorry, out of the Petroleum Revenue Management Act, you know, which was under the insistency uh, president mirrors. You remember we then took some of those elements into, you know, um, into the, the homegrown program which we negotiated. So if you went to our letter of intent and the memorandum of economic and financial policy, which is what you sent to the, you know, which is the next thing that's going to follow his Excellency, what the Minister for Finance and the Governor are going to do is to tell them this is where we, we, we want to go. So that program eventually will become public. It could be the subject. In my case, you know, I was mandated to go to Parliament and we gave a flavor. You know, that was a match, you know, ahead of the media review, that's which right. you just, you know, referred to. You know, um, <clears throat> and likewise, that's what normally, you know, so I would hope that we would have, you know, the content of that and then we can you know, um, ahead of the serious negotiations. It's my understanding that the fund is not wasting any time and they will be sending a mission to the country, you know, probably in the next one week or two weeks. That's how fast, you know, they, they do well, From what I know, they, uh, the, the, the team should be in Accra by Wednesday. And uh, so yes. it is fast, as you say. Yes. But having <clears throat> been um, on an IMF program, having worked with the IMF extensively. What does this mean to the average Ghanaian? And, and what should we expect? What are some of the things that you think will be prescribed um, based on uh, your experience? Let's start that conversation. <clears throat> we know the condition now. Mm -hmm. We have been debating a number of factors already. Okay. So let's, let's see. Assuming that the last major document that was prepared by the IMF was Article 4, 2021, which is the most detailed report that they prepare on any economy. They prepare for all their member countries. Okay. So, <clears throat> let me give you a flavor, you know, of some of them. Um, the 2021 says fiscal support amounting to 6.8 billion, 1.8 of, you know, for what's provided for COVID, you know, and others, and it went on, you know, to. Then it also talks about monetary policy. And it makes an observation. I'll come to the fiscal policies. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes an observation that monetary policy easing, which means that monetary policy was eased. Okay. And I'm reading from the document. It's an official document. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see, you know, typical of the That's list. right. 
and it says that the <clears throat> monetary easing with the Bank of Ghana cutting the policy rate twice by 150 basis points in March 2020 and another 100 basis points. So they are giving in May 2021 and lowering reserve requirements from 10 to 8 percent. The central bank also increased lending to government by 4.4% of GDP, including 2.6% of GDP under the new asset purchase program. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the context? Remember, under our program, we went down to zero financing, mm -hmm. you know, which was in the IMF program. There was a hot debate about this. That's right. So, for some reason, we eased this, you know, um, in addition to other support that was provided. So question, going ahead, there's a government program intend to go back to zero financing, yeah. right? Which is what is assumed in, if you look at the projections for 2023 to 2025, in our own medium term, Bank of Ghana financing is zero, zero, zero. So then are we able to handle the, the, the budget without Bank of Ghana support, considering auction failures, mm -hmm. you know, and the rest? So you see, this is some background to monetary policy, mm -hmm. which is likely to be the subject for the discussion. Right. Um, then it talks about relaxation of macro and micro prudential requirements, with the Bank of Ghana having capital conservation buffets by you know, Maybe that's this is. Let me take the ones that are familiar, you know, with the general public. <clears throat> then it makes another observation. These measures contributed to a record fiscal deficit and sharp increase in public debt in 2020. We know that. We've been debating it, right? Yeah. We know that compensation is taking, you know, all the euros. But it says that on a cash basis, right? We've been discussing this. On a cash basis, the budget deficit, including energy and financial sector costs, rose from 7.5% in 2019 to 15.2% of GDP last year, which is 2020, because it's 2021. That's correct. That is doubling of the deficit, right? Our own Fiscal Responsibility Act says it should be 5%. That's right. So the question is, when do you intend to go back to 5%, right? Mm -hmm. And what is the trajectory now? We have not performed too well in 2021, and that's a fact, right? As a result, public debt rose from 63% of GDP to 79%. The government is also incurred additional arrears finance spending for two point listen to this the government also incurred additional arrears finance spending arrears finance spending it means that instead of paying cash the government had accumulated arrears of 2.1 percent of gdp right right if you take 2.1 percent of gdp this is outside this is arrears accumulation but when you go to our budget right and if this is continuing, our budget shows that arrears which we made is 1.9 billion Ghana cities only, which is minuscule. It's about 0.2%. Mm -hmm. So does it mean that, you know, um, the fund is going to assume, assuming that we are still at this 2.1%, you know, does it mean that our arrears is actually standing at 3%? This will be a subject for discussion. And how come it is not... It does not form part of the bill. Remember, we said the deficit was about 15%. That's correct. So if we are taking out 2.9%, then is the deficit really around 18%? These are some of the questions. Has government paid off this? And is there evidence that they paid? 
you know, the arrears finance, you know, spending. Right. And this one is arrears finance spending. We are talking about the arrears that are not being paid, statutory funds, you know, school feeding, you know, and all those sort of, you know, yes. And the suggestion here is therefore that these things are far above the provision in the budget. So they may want to, you know, come and do some adjustment. That's so you see the fiscal situation, even as we are discussing now, is becoming tighter and tighter than we know it. Right. Mm -hmm. And these are discussions, <clears throat> you know, which, you know, they have. Let me just say there's an interesting point here, which normally appears in the IMF, you know, documents. Mm -hmm. If I may just go to it. Um, <clears throat> just to show that often, you know, it is not entirely an imposition, you know, as, you know, we may think. Mm -hmm. um, if, if I may. Um, okay, so it says authorities' views. Right. And this is uh, In other words, this is what the Ghana government officials were telling them. It says that the authorities stress the non-inclusion. Okay. Now, there were a number of, sorry, let me just, um, in addition to the expenditure identified by the IMF staff, the authorities indicated that other 2022 expenditures were indirectly related to addressing the adverse impact of COVID-19 pandemic including higher interest payments, which arose as a result of increasing borrowing, additional energy-related costs, and additional financial sector costs to provide liquidity to economic agents given the diversity and impact of COVID and, you know, we know that the energy sector thing preceded COVID. We know that the financial sector preceded COVID. That's right. right. So um, we cannot outdo. But this is very interesting. It says the authorities stress the non-inclusion of expenditure arrears in the 2020 fiscal deficit. So it means that fiscal deficit excluded arrears. Mm -hmm. Okay. Noting that these arrears were yet to be audited and that the 2021 budget and fiscal uh, medium-term projections already included an above-the-line arrears clearance plan. Okay. They emphasize the need for comprehensive view of the debt vulnerabilities should also uh, take into consideration a forward-looking assessment and remain confident that the rapid growth, so they are saying that the solution to this is growth, mm -hmm. okay? Has growth helped? Remember, we are talking about 2021, so one year on. But the interesting point I'm making here is that we have been debating some of these issues. Bailout costs as memo, you know, and instead of, you know, uh, uh, being sure above the line, um, even though these were backed by ESLA, and in fact, somewhere it says that the government headline measure excludes liabilities that pertain to the central government, including ESLA debt, education, get fund, DACHI, and extra budgetary funds. Mm. Extra budgetary, such as Sino Hydro, and which are included in staff's definition. The staff are saying that they included in the definition of public debt. We are talking about IMF staff here. Mm -hmm. So again, you are going to be seeing some adjustments to areas. You are going to be seeing, you know, because it's the fund we use. And you remember we've been saying that we cannot have our own criteria. That's correct. Right. And this is now being reflected in the 2021. I'm, I'm just providing this context to show that when the fund comes, they are going to be discussing some of the things which we have been discussing all along, you know. And uh, like our program, <laughs> they discuss Doomso. They discuss single spy. Right. You know, pay policy. Uh, those were the two major things, you know, that were on the on the card, 
when we had a discussion and the contents of the Petroleum Revenue Management Act. So I hope that I've given, you know, uh, yeah. Ghanaians a certain perspective. And that's why I'm saying that one is curious to see whether the government's program, just like our, you know, homegrown policy, contains some of these measures and how. You know, in our case, you know, we said that single spine, we were going to, we were having, we are starting negotiations with, with, with government, uh, sorry, with labor already. Mm -hmm. And we said that we we're going to spread over a period of three years, which was ingrained in the program. And that's exactly what we did. In the case of the debt that was escalating, we said, you know, we're going to use sinking fund and all those measures. We said we would prevent future disruptions to the budget through the stabilization fund. So what we we're doing was virtually bringing what we had discussed. Right. Under President Mears and under, you know, uh, uh, the leadership of uh, Dr. Dufour and uh, uh, the uh, EMT chaired at the time by His Excellency President Mahama, you know, into the program. So the program is not devoid. And in fact, let me point out that uh, ESLA, for example, was not in our program. It was our initiative. And we did it. In fact, we went to Parliament. We informed the fund. We were in our program. You know, so it does not preclude you from doing your own program, but you just have to discuss with the fund. So it's important that you go with a negotiated position. Absolutely. That, okay. <clears throat> now, that said, you know, one of the interesting things that you mentioned in there was the fact that the fiscal de deficit doubled. But this was at a period where the world over, everybody was suspending their fiscal deficit ceiling. The, the rules were set aside because we had gone through the COVID-19 situation. Um, how would you... You know, how how did that become one of the pillars or one of the factors that the staff were reporting back as potentially being uh, one of the reasons why we were looking at uh, an unsustainable debt profile and also uh, a fiscal um, regime that was not uh, strong? The fund has institutional memory. Go back to, I was reading Article 21, Article, article 4, 4 of 2021. Yeah. Go back Article 4 of 2019 and go back to the COVID, you know, report of 2020. And there, after we have made some adjustments, the those two programs, the same table from which, you know, some of the extras were doing, showed a fiscal gap, a huge fiscal gap of about you know, uh, five to seven percent. Remember, this was a COVID report showing the fiscal situation going into COVID. Mm -hmm. And it gave, therefore, you know, the financing, you know, that was required. So this is why we say that, and much of this is energy sector. We know it. It preceded COVID. Banking sector bail out costs. They preceded COVID. And <laughs> bringing down the banks. And Tesla was supposed to be used. And yet Esla was collateralized, you know, and from what I read, you know, Esla is now part of the public debt because there's no money. And it's the same reason, for the same reason that we cannot get the Esla portion of the amount for, uh, to pay subsidy. So with your experience, uh, Mr. Tepper, so sorry. So, oh yeah, okay. Yes. So the point. point I'm making is that this is, even though this was prepared in the context of COVID, we have this lingering. And that also could explain why we got six billion U.S. dollars equivalent, almost, of COVID support. Mm -hmm. But we are where we are today. 
it's not a small amount of money for Ghana. Well, let me just elaborate on some of them. We read some of it, which is the Bank of Ghana, 1.7%. Mm -hmm. Bank of Ghana never mentioned COVID. If you go to the NPC report, they said if government were to go to the market to borrow, <clears throat> right, it would be costly mm -hmm. and, and have repercussions for the economy, right? Does it ring a bell? Because there are auction failures which are in the current report. That's right. It makes reference. In 2021, exactly. Right? So you see that. Then there was the IMF's own COVID-1 billion loan. Of course, it's a loan, but it's, it was available. And then there was the SDR. Mm -hmm. Special drawing rights. Special drawing rights. Right. And then there was the World Bank and other contributions, which estimates, you know, the minister just gave those figures, you know, to, to, uh, to MPs in the, in the parliament. parliament. And remember the audit thing. In fact, that saying that those things are not included in the budget because they are yet to be audited. No, it's against our own, you know, even financial management rules. Because the financial management rule says that whatever expenditure you incur, you have to. You know, you can do pre-audit, you can do, your internal audit division can do pre-audit, but they must be in the budget. Mm. And then, the, and of course, the sequence is that after you have included it, the Auditor General is not validating it before you include in the budget. The Auditor General is doing something after the publication, after the budget and after the, that's why it's in the public accounts. So the non-disclosure means that, you know, it's, it's just... And, and, and therefore, if this correction hasn't been done, I don't think it's been done completely in 2020. As I said, only 1.9% billion Ghana citizens included. Then it means that we must expect some adjustment. Right. And this wouldn't be because of IMF. Right? So, uh, uh, this is why I'm trying to put things in the context for us to and, understand and, that and we ourselves have been discussing mm -hmm. many of these issues. Which I'm so, we were, would you, I mean, I'm tempted to ask at this point whether we're making this move with the formal engagement a little later than we should have. But you can hold on to that. What I would like to learn <coughs> from you at this point is this, that pay your experience. Um, now that we are starting formal engagement, um, what are some of the things that, if you were asked to make input, because at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is this, Mr. Tekpe, and I'm sure you'll agree that the Ghana, there's only one. Whether you're NDC or MPP, Ghana remains the same. And it's time for all of us to sit around the table and proffer solutions. So I'm leaning on your experience and expertise. What would your advice be to government today on what we could do to ensure that three years down the line from now, irrespective of who is running the administration of this country, we are better off after coming off an IMF program. You see, if we want to do this really non-partisan, <clears throat> excuse me, then let me humbly suggest that there are some words in the MPP who negotiated IMF programs? Senior minister negotiated an IMF program. Honorable Agutuse negotiated an IMF program. You know, many former ministers and even some current ministers were around the table because he's also just a minister for finance who is there. So this is where we went to Senchi. And this is where His Excellency President Mahama is suggesting that if we want that you know, what you are saying, you know, that full engagement, then let us have a forum. Let's have a national forum, you know, so that the brains come from all sides, right? Academics, many of the things we are discussing now, 
right? I've been discussed by academics. And I learned a lot from them because they are always doing constant research. They are looking at what other countries and others. You may not have the time to be doing this. I do some research now and the rest. So let me humbly suggest that it's, it shouldn't be a task for just a tech right? <laughs> and that I would, I would go with my boss, you know, who suggested that let's do a national course, you know, forum, you know, so that the experience from everywhere. In fact, there are private sector people who have advised governments, and some of them have been saying, I don't want to be mentioning, you know, we know them. Uh, okay, Dr. Yamsi, uh, Mr. Pianim and others. These are eminent professionals on their own right who also have private. Because remember what is going on. You know, we had labor at the table. Because what is going on when it comes to interest rate hikes and when it comes to government borrowing from the domestic factor, we know that. We call it crowding. We call it increasing in, you know, and the private sector. So you have a Chamber of Commerce, you have AGI, you have Guta and all those who, you know, were at, you know, those fora, right? And I've had a flavor in some of those leaders. You know, like the Secretary General who used to be, of the TUZ who used to be in the research department, whom I have a very, you know, respect for, including Dr. Otu, who is now in charge of research. They've handled, they've worked with governments on IMF programs for, and they're coming from their position. They're already making their positions known you know, because of the, this thing. So that would be my response, right? So let me chip in my, you know, humble contribution, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, having put things in this larger context that the MPP itself, you know, has, you know, some of the, you know, uh, people. Um, you know, the preparation that we need is the very thing we've been talking about. One, expenditure, according to the budget, is 137 billion. Revenue, 100 billion. Are these from the first quarter? Are these CD denominated or US CD, dollar? CD. Okay. Yeah. So 137 for expenditure. Yes. Revenue is at 100. Yes. So your deficit. That's a deficit of already 37. That's a 37 percent. That's it. 37 billion. Yeah. You know, which is what the figure uh, percentage is. If this represents 7 percent, then it's saying here from the document we read that they will be adding the things which has been excluded. And therefore, you expect that. In fact, our calculation shows that even from the budget, that the deficit should be about $43 billion. Thank you for listening to Asasi Podcast. Follow Asasi Radio on Twitter at Asasi Radio 995 or share your feedback via feedback at asasiradio.com.